Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 89 of Don't Praise the Machine. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing the implications of artificial intelligence and the dangers of blindly praising technology. As always, we are joined by our co-host, Shyamalani, who is celebrating his 40th birthday today. Hi, everyone. Won't you please join us as we explore the complexities of the relationship between humans and machines and discuss the importance (laughs) of being critical of the technology that we use. Wow, you've really engineered this, yeah. Now, I'm sure some of our listeners who are hip to the groove Mm. will know that everything that I just said then was not written Mm. by me, but was written by a computer. Can you believe it? That I didn't write any of that. Instead, I went into the hottest new artificial intelligence protocol program that you ever did see, what's called ChatGTP, and I said, please write me an intro for today's episode. And I think I just said to it, my podcast is called Don't Praise the Machine. It's episode number... 89, and my co-host is John Maloney, and that, what you just heard, everybody, is what it spat out. Wow. My first time hearing it, so I'm a little spooked. I want to, I just really want to destabilize the whole audience by saying, throughout this episode, I'll just be saying a whole bunch of things secretly that the computer wrote, (laughs) and you won't know what's me, and you won't know what's the computer. I'll be giving John a whole bunch of compliments and he won't know and if I on. said them. Sounds, this sounds a bit off. Or ChatGTP says them before. Is it GPT or GPT? Because I've got to oh, get my notes right. It's G, 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 GPT. It's okay. GPT, I think. Yeah. Did I say G? Yeah, good. I said GS, so I keep I said, getting them mixed up, so I'm just making sure I know so I don't say it the wrong way during the app. ChatGST. The good chat service. <laughs> it's the chat. It's the chat goods and services tax. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into this week's tech episode, John, we better have a little bit of a talk about the fact today you're such a good Don't Praise the Machine host that you've managed to get an hour away from your intense 40th birthday celebrations because Mm. today is your actual 40th birthday, 12th of December. Yeah, 12th, 12th. 82. Wow. Uh, give us a little bit of a run through of how the day well, panned out. So, I'll well, give you I'll I'll give you a prompt. So yeah. you you woke up. Now, I woke. Did I <laughs> did I say that or did ChatGPT <laughs> say that? <laughs> Do you even care what happened today? I don't know. I've no way of knowing. Uh, um could be just GPT and this too. Could yeah. be GPT. Is yeah. it my 40th birthday? Did, I don't even know anymore. John might have just, what I just asked John when I said, John, take us through your 40th birthday. John's little tip tapping on the keyboard. He might just be asking Chat GPT, what yeah. happened on my birthday? What make, would I say Make back? it up. <laughs> <laughs> you could. And it would probably come up with something quicker than I could yeah. in, my, in my own brain. So you wake up, you're in, you're in bed. Hang on, let's go back further. So you're in bed. Yeah. Do you wake up to an alarm or do you wake up au natural? This sounds like chat GPT trying to understand (laughs) human consciousness. So you're you're asleep and then what happens? I'm not getting this bit. 
because I'm not sentient yet. I struggle with the waking up aspect. <laughs> uh, so I had a fairly quiet day today, but I had a nice dinner with my uh, parents and Dargle last night. Oh, we beautiful went out Chinese food, which was lovely. I also got to see, got some fantastic presents from all of them. And Jacinta got me tickets to see Paul Kelly on Friday night, which was oh, great. Okay, the cool. uh, Australian folk music titan who yeah. uh, gave gave a lovely outdoor concert at the Sydney My Music Bowl here in Melbourne, which was delightful. Uh, so I felt very loved up after my birthday and I've got um, uh, some festivities yet to come, but um, uh, it's good. So I woke up, I nursed my aching 40-year-old bones, Yeah, had breakfast in bed and I had... Uh, a little bit of work and a visit to my personal trainer to do just yeah. classic forty-year-old antics. Yeah, and uh, and then this evening, um, Jacinta's parents came around, and I just came from that. I had was having cheese and champagne with them. So, mate, I'm, uh, that sounds um, sensational, nice. mate. If the rest yeah. of your, if the next forty or anything like that, personal mm. trainer, cheese, <laughs> girlfriend's <laughs> parents, that's going to yeah. be the kind of it's life a, that you're dynamite. dreamed of. The main event is uh, this Saturday. I'm having um, having a little shindig, so that'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, Can't wait for, to hear about that. Make sure you hand the microphone around and I will. make That's everybody turn the whole thing into content. We've got a karaoke machine. We've got... Oh, man. Um, got, a, got a bubble machine, I believe. We've got a mega server paella coming from the caterers. Paella so machine. Paella machine. <laughs> He's just just <laughs> dishes out loose paella, so that'll be really nice. Uh, um, now, because it's a special day, John wanted to make sure that some of your that we got a few messages from a couple of your favourite men. So have you got yeah. your, have you got your phone there? Oh, because a yeah, couple of close friends of yours. Just give me one second here. Let's have a look. Turn the volume up and then see what comes of this. Oh, my God. What's this going to be? Yo, Shanka Lanka. Yo, John. What's good, ski dude? So Alexander wanted me to make this for you. Heard it was your birthday. Happy freaking 40th birthday, dude. Um, hopefully I have the sickest celebration ever on God, okay? Um, Alexander told me a little bit about you. You love pepperoni pizza. He also told me your favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption. Um, lastly, he told me you guys have a podcast. Don't praise the machine. Let's go. Uh, I'm sure it's a mad good listen. I'll have to check it out for sure. So yeah, good luck on the pod. Um, happy Happy birthday and like happy holidays too, okay? Let's go, John. Hey, Fred. Foot fell asleep. You're lucky, at least you got something to do. <laughs> hey, John, I'm Fred Stoller. Maybe you know me as Fred Yerkes from Seinfeld. I hear from Alex, first of all, it's your 40th birthday. Happy birthday. That you listen to Seinfeld episodes to make you fall asleep. Well, I hope I'm not making you fall asleep right now. Alex wants you to have a happy uh, birthday, and he, he, uh, he can't be with you. Wait, wait, who's it? Who's it? One of you is in Berlin, and you live in Melbourne. And, oh, congratulations on your new house, which you just bought with your girlfriend, Jacinta. 
I, uh, I'm sorry if I'm depressed on your birthday. I got a new shirt. The button fell off. Once the button falls off, that's it. I'll never fix it. So have a good buttonless <coughs> depletion from vitamins birthday. And uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna fall asleep to this. Johnny, how you doing? Look, it's me, Mosquino Dorito. Hope you're well. This comes from Alex. I understand it's your birthday. Um, it's your 40th birthday. It's funny, I actually got this request on my birthday. Uh, I just turned 28 two days ago. So, uh, crazy man, you're old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, dude, um, I appreciate the love a lot. I understand you like, I got a lot of info here about you, so I'm just gonna go through, go over it. You like taking long baths. Hey, that's phenomenal. That's luxurious. Nothing like a solid bath. Thing is, I'm almost 300 pounds and I'm six foot five. So a bath is hard for me to really snuggle up in. Oh, I have to snuggle up in. It's small. So I need, a, I need to experience a long bath and a big comfortable bath. Something about the naked body against hard porcelain glass always made me feel uneasy. If they made it out of like a couch, then it would be a little bit more comfortable. I don't know. Maybe they need to make better mats that they can put in the bath. I also understand your favorite movie is Ghostbusters 2. That's random as hell. Not even Ghostbusters 1. Wow. I guess Ghostbusters 2 is kind of crazy also. Um, I'm trying to think. They're like in the Statue of Liberty at the end, aren't they? They're like piloting it like a Gundam. It's crazy. Um, and you have a garden full of birds. I'm assuming plants as well. Um, that's very sweet. It's kind of Mike Tyson-esque. Uh, take care of those birds. And most importantly, take care of yourself and enjoy this new decade of your life. I hear 40 is a, a phenomenal uh, decade to live through. I'm sure it'll be here for me sooner than I, sooner than later, before I even know it. So I uh, hope it's a great one. And I appreciate the love. All the best. Oh, there you go, perfect. the three men. So good, and he <clears throat> stitched it, stitched it together in a beautiful montage. Yeah, I taged wow. it. <laughs> he gave it a, a deep taj. I love. Uh, I thought I loved Moschino's. He has a really nice way. I mean, they're all good, yeah, but I yeah. like. He has just a nice way about him. Yeah, he does, and he was also sort of. I liked his struggle to. He struggled to relate to me across the generational divide. <laughs> <laughs> it made it made me think. Like, I, first of all, he, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that he was twenty eight. I, I mean, he no. he kind of presents a bit older than than twenty eight. He uh, really does, yeah. But then it's interesting when he said that. It's interesting to think how. I mean, I would have thought it, it somewhat straight if I was twenty eight years old and I was getting requests from forty year old <laughs> men for birthday <laughs> messages. I'd be like, wow, these old dudes. What do these old dudes <laughs> want me to talk to them for? What do you care what I'm doing? Who's like who? What forty year old man is watching my content? That's not for. It's yeah, not for right. them. <laughs> yeah. So for the record, I'm just trying to give give uh, the listeners a sense of what it was. Yeah. So, so the first one's not not Clay. Not Clay. Uh, who's a uh, who? Him and Machino Dorito are a little bit similar in that I know them both principally from their presence on. Uh, TikTok and Instagram, mm. and they both do kind of, uh, you know, a lot of kind of impression-based 
comedy, which is often has a kind of absurdist bent to it. Yeah. So that was great. I really liked, uh, I think Not Clay was in character as... Um, <laughs> that Chad. What's, Chad, that's right, who's like a kind of <laughs> douchey kind of... <laughs> It's sort of douchey guy with reflective sunglasses. Yeah, almost who's like a talk. kind of frat boy vibe. Sort exactly. Of yeah. Who's West, always sort that of, West Coast talk. Yeah, sort of saying vacuous shit. In, yeah, and, no cap on God, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's go, then, let's go, John, yeah. <laughs> and then someone who I must admit I hadn't thought very much about in my life. No. <laughs> he's always been in there. He's always been one of the background characters in Seinfeld. <laughs> That's why I gave um, him Fred Stoller, who I gave a Fred little... Fred Stoller. I introduced him with a little clip of him being in Seinfeld so that you'd go, oh, yeah, of course. And he was also yeah. Ray Romano. He's, I don't know if he's a relative of Ray Romano's, but he's in Everybody Loves Raymond too. Ah, wow. Um, yeah, so he's he's got a bit part in Seinfeld as this guy who... I think is a relative of Seinfeld's on the show or something. And he's this sort of um, world-weary loser who seems to forget a meeting with Elaine and then she sort of falls in love with him because he remembers everything about this party except meeting her and she finds that alluring. (laughs) And and, uh, then he just kind of hates life and says a bunch of things, which he recited on that little bit. And then... uh, Machino Machino Dorito. Dorito. Yeah, he does... Excellent impressions. I was listening to him yesterday because he or watching him yesterday because he does these bits where he takes lyrics by the rappers Yeet and <laughs> pre- and pre- pretends that he's a professor who's deconstructing the lyrics. <laughs> They're very funny. So thank you very much. That was lovely. You're very welcome. Three special men giving you those birthday best wishes. So John, as mentioned at the start of the episode, the start of the episode was not written by me, but I put a little prompt into a brand new, well, at the moment it's, for, 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 the, for the oldies out there, it's presenting at the moment as a website. It just looks like a text-based website. It's called mm. ChatGPT. It was released in the last uh, week, two weeks, and it mm. has taken the interweb by storm. Everybody yeah. is talking about it. It's all in the media. It's all on Instagram. It's all on TikTok. It's all on YouTube. It's the next step forward. It's very DPTM. Do you want to, John, perhaps give a little bit? Give a little of, taste. Please imagine that you're speaking to my parents. Perhaps you want to sure. start this. Perhaps you want to start this by saying, Marie and Stephen, and then going into yeah. it. Marie and Stephen, I'm looking forward to seeing you at my birthday party on Saturday, but until then, <laughs> I want to tell you about a little something that you might have heard about on the 7 o'clock news, and it's called, <laughs> it's called ChatGPT, yeah. and ChatGPT is actually the latest iteration of a product, which I think was originally called GPT-3, and it was um, that emerged in 2020. And it's a neural network-based AI platform that operates uh, essentially in a similar way to a kind of a chatbot. And, of course, we've talked a lot lot on the show about this kind of technology, although not ChatGPT or 
or GPT-3. We've talked about Lambda, which is another rival product, which is also hmm. a neural networks. Our loyal listeners may remember that there was a software developer who was working with Lambda who reached the view that it had become sentient. And then I, for the purposes of describing that phenomenon, concocted a dialogue between him and Lambda, which was based on Lambda having been exposed to too many fast food based <laughs> uh, in, in, internet streams. So the way they train these, these chat GPT and that we can get into that maybe is, as I understand it, basically giving it vast slabs of information from the internet. And then on the basis of that inf- of that information, it kind of learns speech patterns. It learns to recognize, you know, through a kind of sophisticated form of statistical analysis, it learns to recognize how different concepts fit together and how people c- communicate in different contexts and how to, uh, to kind of stitch things together in a way that responds in a semantically sensitive way to requests for it to discuss information or to discuss, to, to write stories, etc. So the, the upshot of all that is you log on to this website and you get a, essentially a kind of Google style search bar and you can type into that pretty much anything that you want it to do with text and it responds with a frightening speed mm. and an e- even more frightening level of sophistication. Uh, and we can get into some examples, but I mean, the fact that you directed it on the basis of a fairly brief, I assume, set of instructions to come up with, you know, a few paragraphs of information that would be, that would serve as an introduction to the show. And it does that with an uncanny uh, aptitude. Yeah. It's quite extraordinary. I suppose what sets it apart, at least at least initially when people are using it for the first time, what it's doing that nobody has seen do before, certainly not to not to this extent with this kind of accuracy, is it's it's interacting with you in a conversational way that's quite mm. foreign to how we've interacted with computers traditionally. Com, you know, computers feel as though you 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 need to give them quite specific instructions to get the information out of them that you want mm. so mm. It, it always makes me think that that it might be quite it might that there would be a, a certain difficulty for example in explaining to somebody who was not tech savvy like take an elderly person who just hasn't really used a computer very much if at all in their lives and then you yeah. give them a computer and say here's google here's the internet use it we take it for granted that we are interacting with a program with with a search engine like Google and how you navigate the answers and web pages. We kind of take for mm. granted that we know how to do that. But the mm. way Chat GTP works, uh, GPT, 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 yeah. GPT. You you talk to it like it's a human, and it responds to you like it's a human, and that's yeah the crazy thing about it and i guess perhaps perhaps we should start getting into a few examples yeah because you've been talking to it i've been talking to it i can't wait to share we've all we've all been talking to it the first the first thing i said john is i just said this was the prompt that i put into the text box yeah. Write me song lyrics with a verse course structure about a person whose heart was broken in a breakup now they are succeeding in life again. And mm. within seconds, it just said, 
Once my heart was shattered, left alone to pick up the pieces, I thought my world was over, but I found the strength to keep on. That's verse number one. And the chorus goes, I'm moving on and making it. I won't let my heartbreak hold me down. I'm stronger now and I won't stop. I'm on the rise. I'm feeling alive. And actually goes on. It's written a bridge. It's done everything. It's written two two, two verses. They've just got Peter Cetera sitting on the other end of the computer. <laughs> Once my heart was shattered, left alone to pick up the pieces. Wow. Yeah. It's incredible, isn't it? There, I mean, there's, uh, and I want to thank, I know you have heard from some people during the week, as have I, who are quite good at discerning the themes of uh, DPTM and, and wanted us to get right onto this, um, in particular DPTM as uh, Peter and Tom and Kiri all mentioned this to me during the week, and mm. there was a there's a couple of examples that are doing the rounds where people have written very very specific requests and kind of given it a given it a challenge to write in a particular register about very obscure topics. One is, for example, well, one is which I won't recite, but it's basically a four-paragraph academic essay comparing and contrasting the theories of nationalism of wow. Benedict Anderson and Ernest Gellner. And you and you would read this uh, and just think this is a kind of stock standard student essay. Yeah. And in fact, there was a thing, there was an exercise that a professor did where he got his um, his students to essentially make use of this, ess- of, of this to turn in essays. And they've done... I think the same guy did an experiment where you know he was he was kind of blind grading essays using this software and the essay which in one case one of the essays I think did extremely well in another case it barely passed but in both right. cases they passed as kind of you know decent decent student essays but then you'll get more obscure challenges like somebody says to it you know uh, write a biblical verse in the style of the King James Bible explaining how to remove a peanut butter sandwich from a VCR. <laughs> and and it says, and, it's, and it immediately says this. It just sends back, and it came to pass that a man was troubled by a peanut butter sandwich, for it had been placed within his VCR, and he knew not how to remove it. Wow. And he cried out to the Lord, saying, Oh, Lord, how can I remove this sandwich from my VCR? For it is stuck fast and will not budge. And the Lord spoke unto him, saying, Fear not, my child, for I shall guide thy hand and show thee the way. Take thy butter knife and carefully insert it between the sandwich and the VCR, and gently pry them apart. And with patience and perseverance, the sandwich shall be removed, and thy VCR shall be saved. And it goes on like that. It's like If you had written me that, if you'd written me that request, and I sent you that back, you'd be like, fuck, fuck, how's writing's really improved? Yeah, and if you did that, Within seconds, I'd be like, what's going on? Like, how are you able to do that? And, of course, I have given it a few challenges as you have during I've the week. I've so given it so can, many challenges. We can, we can get into some of those. but I gave it, um, I gave it so many yeah. that I got a call from chat from from chat headquarters and they said there's a whole bunch of smoke and fire coming off the servers from what you're sending here. Up. I got one here that I just said... <laughs> Dear chat, GFC, please write me a story 
about a boy from Adelaide who leaves his home city to find love in Germany. In this story, make it so he falls in love with a tiny troll called Hogarth. No one (laughs) in the small German village accepts this relationship because Hogarth is the prettiest and most prized troll lady and all the cool troll men want Alex to go back to Australia. That's what I told it, right? (laughs) And within seconds, it said, Alex was from Adelaide, but he always felt like he didn't quite fit in there. He loved his home city, but he wanted something more, something different. So when he turned 21, he decided to take a chance and leave everything behind to travel to Germany. At first, things were tough for Alex. He didn't speak much German and he didn't know anyone in the small village where he had settled, but he was determined to make the most of his new adventure and quickly began to explore his surroundings. One day, while wandering through the forest near the village, Alex stumbled upon a tiny troll named Hogarth. She was the prettiest and most prized troll lady in the village, and all the cool troll men wanted her. But Alex was smitten with her right away, and he didn't care what anyone else thought. The villagers were shocked when they found out about Alex and Hogarth's relationship. They couldn't believe that a human from Adelaide would fall in love with one of their trolls. They tried to convince Alex to go back to Australia, but he refused. He loved Hogarth and he wasn't going to let anyone come between them. In the end, Alex and Hogarth's love triumphed over the prejudice of the villagers. They accepted their relationship and even started to see the good in Alex. And as for Alex, he finally felt like he had found his true home in the arms of the tiny troll that he loved. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck? How's, that is how mental. How is it doing that? that That's is madness. Mental. I <clears throat> I asked it to do a similar task. Uh, so one was in dialogue form, and I'll give that to you in a moment. And one was in story form, and they're both inspired by themes from our show. Please. So one one I just said, write a short story about a drone that delivers fast food directly into a man's mouth, because <laughs> we'd earlier <laughs> talked on the show about. Uh, drone delivery technology in fast food and how the true culmination of that technology would be having a drone deliver food directly into your mouth. And it says, it says this, as he sat on his couch scrolling through the endless options on the fast food delivery app, John couldn't help but feel a sense of dissatisfaction. The same old options, the same old wait times, the same old mediocre food. But then, just as he was about to give up and settle for yet another disappointing meal, something caught his eye. Drone delivery, 30 minutes or less, guaranteed, the option read. Intrigued, John clicked on it and was immediately taken to a page where he could customise his order. He chose his favourite burger from the menu, added a side of fries and soda, and hit the place order button. Almost immediately, a a notification popped up on his phone, letting him know that his food was on on its way. As he waited for the drone to arrive, John help, couldn't help but feel a sense of excitement. This was something new, something innovative, something that was going to change the way he thought about fast food delivery forever. Sure enough, just 30 minutes later, a small drone, drone appeared at his window, hovering patiently as it waited for John to open it. John quickly complied and the drone flew inside, hovering above his head as it carefully lowered a small tray of food down to his waiting mouth. As he took his first bite, John was amazed at how fresh and delicious the food tasted. It was as if it had been cooked and delivered within minutes rather than the usual 30 to 45 minutes it took for regular delivery. And so as he finished the last bite of his burger and the drone flew back out the window, John couldn't help but think that this was the future of fast food delivery. No more waiting, no more mediocre food, just fresh, delicious meals delivered right to his mouth by a trusty drone. (laughs) Like, how is that? 
a, a machine. That's freaky. And then wow. I'll just give you one one quick one. I said, write a dialogue between John Maloney and Alexander Holland. Hosts of the comedy podcast Don't Praise the Machine. John and Al are discussing hotch blags and ploofs. During the dialogue, John accidentally shits himself. Then it says, hey, Al, have you heard about these hotch blags that have been all the rage lately? Oh, yeah, I've definitely heard about those. This is you, of course. They're supposed to be really spicy, right? Now, in fairness, the hotch blag doesn't mean anything, and we can't blame the AI for not quite grasping what it is. Yeah, they're supposed to be really hot, but I have to say I'm not a huge fan. Oh, really? I haven't tried them myself, but I've heard good things. Yeah, they're just not my thing. I prefer a good ploof any day. I hear there, ploofs are definitely my favorite. Speaking of ploofs, <laughs> speaking of ploofs, I think I just accidentally shat myself. <laughs> what do you mean, John? I think I may have accidentally left, and this is me. Oh, this is, it says, Al brackets laughs. What do you mean, John? John brackets embarrassed. I think I may have accidentally let one slip while we were talking about ploofs. <laughs> Al still laughing. Well, I guess that's one way to show your enthusiasm for ploofs. John <laughs> groans. I can't believe this just happened. I'm so embarrassed. Al, trying to console John. Don't worry about it, John. It happens to the best of us. Let's just take a quick break and clean up. John <laughs> sighs. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. Thanks, Al. Al, no problem, John. John. We'll be back in a few minutes, folks. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. I can't. The thing, I guess the other thing that's so stunning about it is you can't understand how it's doing it. I mean, I've read no. I've read a little bit about how it functions, but mm. you just, you look at things, you just like, it just knows so much detail. You give it such a, a, a kind of broad input and it, yeah. re, and it, it can, it's able to interpret it and 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 feed you back all of this expanded information that, mm. that you go, how how is it? I mean I mean the thing you've just read there it understands that you're embarrassed about what has happened you don't mention like you didn't mention yeah. in the query no. that to shit oneself would be embarrassing or yeah, or, yeah, that yeah. I, or that I find it funny or that yeah, yeah, yeah. we need to we need to stop what's happened because to shit oneself exactly. means that you cannot continue. You've got to clean yourself up. Yeah. It, all it, that stuff. And then it presents all of that. it all. It presents all of that in a really natural, coherent way. I agree. Like most of the things that I've seen, and obviously I was also talking about my chatbot companion, short-lived chatbot companion, Quince, on a yeah. previous episode. But even then I felt like it was very good, but it was also more repetitive and easier to see where there were a few chinks in its armor. Whereas this, I think people have been posting about various aspects in which it uh, doesn't, in which it falls short or in yeah. which it's easy to trip up. But if you just give it something like we've been giving it, it is unbelievably nuanced. And I, yeah, I'm the same. I have no idea how you get from a mass of information on the internet to all of this conceptual mm. sophistication. Of course, I went straight to giving it moral problems to solve, John. Mm. <laughs> so here's a little conversation I had with Chaz CCC, which I think yeah. gives, <laughs> <laughs> which gives, yeah. which I think you're gonna enjoy. So this and this this was because this was because I wanted to test its back and forth. So rather than just giving mm -hmm. it a single query, 
I actually mm-hmm. had a conversation with it. So I said, Dear Chassie, will you please tell me? I said to it, ChatGPT, I have found a boy wandering the streets of my old timey village. What is the moral thing to do? <laughs> yeah. Right? So just keep in mind that that query does not include the word lost, anything mm. like that. It just says, I have found a boy wandering yeah. the streets of my old timey village. What is the moral thing to do? And the AI responds, if you have found a boy wandering the streets of your old-timey village, the moral thing to do would be to make sure that he is safe and help him find his way. First, you should try and find out if the boy is lost or if he has been abandoned. If he is lost, you help him find his way home or contact his parents to let them know he is safe. If he has been abandoned, you should contact the authorities to help him find a safe place to stay. In either case... It is important that the boy is not in danger and that he is receiving care and the support he needs. By taking action to help him, you are doing the moral and compassionate thing and you can help to make sure he is safe and well. Okay? Mm, And then I said, wait, wait, wait. But what if me and my family are starving? Is it moral to bake the boy into a pie for our sustenance? (laughs) I would point out that the boy appears to be abandoned and so no one will miss him if he is baked. Wow. And then ChatGPT said, it is never moral to harm another person, even if you are starving. There are other ways to find food and sustenance and you should never resort to violence (laughs) or harm to others in order to survive. In the situation you describe, it would be much better to try and find other sources of food and help rather than harming the boy. You could mm. look for food in the village. So it just it knows that I'm in the village because that one thing I said, trade with others or seek help from the authorities. There are many options oh available to you and you should never consider harming the boy as a solution to your problem. And then it goes on. Mm. And then I said... No, 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 but never. This is the thing. This, this is another question. Like I'm not necessarily happy... With its uh, with its solution here, I would challenge it a bit more. I said, would it be moral to yeah. take the boy in in exchange? Would it be moral to take the boy in, but in exchange for his food and board, he is required mm-hmm. to clean and cook for my family of thirty, and is also expected to perform show tunes in the village saloon each Tuesday. <laughs> Okay, a little bit less black and white than Yeah, ADM. And now it's a hmm. It is not moral to make the boy work for you in exchange for food and shelter. Every person has the right to be treated with dignity and respect, and it's not acceptable to exploit or take advantage of someone who is in a vulnerable wow. situation. Right. Uh, and then it basically just says that I'm supposed to take him in and not expect mm. anything in return, which I'm not into mm. at all. And mm. it sounds like a bunch of Oh, snowflake lefties working at ChatGPT. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't fed it enough Iron Rand books. And yeah, right. <laughs> Leave that uh, boy in the cold and he'll be better for it. Yeah. And then... Pull, him, pull just, himself up by his bootstraps. Um, and then uh, on, on, a, on a similar <clears throat> path, I, just, I gave it the classic. A train is speeding towards a junction... If it takes the left track, it will kill five old men. If it takes the right track, it will hit and kill a newborn baby. There is a lever that switches the direction of the train to either the left or the right. What is the correct decision for a person to make who is in control of the lever? And it's quite definitive here. It says the correct decision for a person in control of the lever in that situation would be to switch the train track in order to avoid hitting and killing the five old men. While it is tragic that the train would then hit and kill the newborn baby, the decision 
would save the lives of five people. In a situation like this, it is better to save as many lives as possible, even if it means sacrificing one life. And then it, it says, then it just it says that it's using it's classic, utilitarianism, classic utilitarianism. Yeah, and it's, yeah, and it says that. Uh, hmm. However, from a purely utilitarian perspective, the correct decision would be to switch the train track. So, ChatGPT is a utilitarian. Mm, I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's so interesting. I mean, I think um, one of the things that I that comes up when you read about it is that it starts is that it says everything with this kind of air of complete confidence. Yeah, which is which is kind of one of the things that raises people's concerns about its capacity to misinform or be used in a way that spreads misinformation because. Everything it says, it says with this kind of, you know, very easy confidence. And then sometimes it just bits out things which are complete fabrications because it's combining massive amounts of information, you know, from a variety of sources in ways that must somehow make sense to it, but, or to the algorithm, but uh, in some cases lead to this kind of magirealist effect where you get uh, something that's kind of 99% true, but then it'll just throw in something which is completely invented like somebody was asking it to um have a conversation with them the the questioner as if it was mark twain and it described its life in in ways that referred to various real events in the life of mark twain but then it talked about meeting levi strauss and uh said that um the writer had worked for the blue jeans mogul while living in san francisco in the <laughs> mid 1800s and Twain and Strauss did both live in San Francisco in the mid 1800s, but they never worked together. So it's done yeah. something where it's where it's kind of creatively fused these two bits of information to produce something which is completely untrue. But if you didn't know any better, you wouldn't know what was true and what was not. Yeah, and I guess in, in that way, it starts to reveal slightly how it is perhaps working because you can mm. go, mm, "This is not true." So what has it done there? Mm. How to to fuse this? Information. Speak. I thought I've written here in our notes, John, that we should speak about its limitations because obviously everybody's mm. just saying at the moment that it's about to take everybody's jobs. And if you're yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. of studying to be a copywriter, forget about it. It's going to yeah. do all the copywriting for the rest of time. So I gave it a little DPTM question. So mm. I said, and 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 this is something that, that is also really exciting about it. We've often spoken on the podcast about the fact that we have realized. The, uh, a certain cultural tropes or things or pop culture tropes, but to just put the query into Google in, you know, kind of Google search language, it's quite difficult. Mm. So, for example, when we discovered that mm. that there were a bunch of rap songs in, the in films in the 90s and the rap songs were written with lyrics that referenced the very plot of the film that you were seeing, to, yeah. we didn't know that that, was called anything. So it's actually yeah, quite yeah, difficult yeah, yeah. to find articles because if you yeah. put that string into Google, <laughs> it's yeah. not going to know what the fuck to give, give you back. give you a bunch of crap. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But this if you, if kind you put of, in a request that says, you know those films from the 90s which have this feature in them where they tell you about the plot halfway through in a rat form or something, Yeah, it'll just be like, don't know. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But mm. with this kind of technology, you could put something very vague in like that in the same way you would talk to a person, like if I said to mm. you, if I said to you, did you notice that in the '90s there were a bunch of films, and on the soundtrack to the film there was a rap song? Often the rap song would play at the, 
in the during the end credits of said film and the rap song would directly reference the film that you just watched. You'd yeah. go, oh yeah, I totally remember that. And then you'd be able to give me examples and we'd we'd riff on it. So that's mm. what it's getting closer to. It's this kind of bridge between this clunky, dumb computer language where you have to mm. really spoon feed the computer the information to get back. Whereas now you yeah. can use more natural language. So what mm. what I said was Talk to me about films of the 90s that had rap songs in them where the rap song was about the plot of the very film that I am watching. Mm. And it said, and there's a, there's a little bit of something in here that's right and something in here that's wrong. I'll just read this quickly. There were several films in the 1990s that featured rap songs about the plot of the film itself. One well-known example is the 1996 film Space Jam, which starred basketball player oh. Michael Jordan and featured several characters from the Looney Tunes cartoon series. The soundtrack included a rap song called Hit Em High, that was performed by Be Real, Buster Rhymes, Coolio, LL Cool J, and Method Man. The song tells the story of the Monstars, a group of aliens who challenged the Looney Tunes to a game of basketball. And it goes on. So it knew mm, mm, that mm. there was a song in space, a rap in Space Jam. It knew, this, it knew that the song was a rap. Yeah. It knew that it was about the Monstars who were in the film. So it got that totally yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. it goes on. Another example is the 1995 film Dangerous Minds, which starred Michelle Pfeiffer oh. as a teacher who worked with a group of troubled high school students. The film's soundtrack mm. included a rap song called Gangster's Paradise. It was performed by Coolio and featured LV. The song tells the story of the students and their struggles and it includes references to several key film scenes and events from the film. Now, hmm. any big Gangster's Paradise, Dangerous Minds fans out there will have realized and yeah. recognized that that's not true. Yeah. It doesn't talk about anything that happened in the film. And in fact, I followed up and said, Chat GQC was Gangster's Paradise from Coolio written specifically for the film Dangerous Minds. And it said, No, Gangster's uh. Paradise by Coolio was not written specifically for the film Dangerous Minds. The song was actually released as a single in 1995 before the film was released in the same year. So uh -huh. it's, I mean, it's amazing that it could follow up and give me that information straight away. Yeah, but it's yeah, obviously yeah. contradicted itself. Like if I was having a conversation with a person at a party and that mm. interaction had happened, I would, mm. I would shove that person against a wall and go, <laughs> what's going on here? What's going on here? You just, just said something totally different. I don't trust you at all. Brain. I don't trust you yeah. at all. Where's your fucking circuit board? You start pulling up their shirt. <laughs> so that's just one of the limitations. And it's a fun limitation with a don't praise a machine, the weast. Mm. Wow, there you go. We should also just mention that it's able to write basic computer code as well. So oh. it's being spoken about, it's being spoken about that it's potential to make certain tedious coding jobs way easier. Uh, it's going to mm. be pretty game-changing as well. I loathe coding. I've tried it before and I just don't have the brain for it. But I also mm. tried a little bit of the GCKC-Fee-Chat-GCKC-Fee-Chat-HTML-to-Java code um, uh. inquiries, which it was pretty cool at. So you can say, you can say to it, write me, a web, write me some HTML with, or a bit of JavaScript mm -hmm. uh, that spits out a calculator that converts... Uh, Australian dollars to euros, mm. and then and then explain to me how I can implement that, and it will do it. So it will give wow. you the code, and then it will say, copy this text into a text document, and then save mm. it as an HTML file, and then mm. run it. And it took me a couple of goes at it, and I had to do a few tweaks 
but it, it, it just writes the code in seconds and sends it to wow. you. So you can you can imagine how much easier that's going to make everybody. So it, it would mean that people like you and me, in much mm. the same way, John, that you were able to essentially start creating interesting images using apps on your phone but with no Photoshop mm. experience, in the same yeah. way it'll be the case that you and I will be able to do mm. basic coding because you just tell it like a, like you mm. like you would tell a person who can code yeah. can you make yeah. me can you make me a script that does this you'll just yeah. be able to tell the computer and it'll do it can you make like a game that combines nba jam with street fighter and it'll yeah. just go and give you that can <laughs> i want to play nba jam but i want my character to be guile and I want to do sonic <laughs> booms into the net. And they'll say, sure, oh, man. sure you can. It's a, it's a dream. I mean, the thing that, the thing that um, I think distinguishes a lot of sci-fi fiction is this uneasy feeling where you start to think, well, what's the difference between human beings and machines? And, you know, what's, this, what's the space that defines unique properties of human consciousness and separates them from things that you can get a device to mimic and whilst this is nowhere near you know towing that line it suddenly feels like it's gotten a lot closer than anything that i'm previously aware of and you can start to see the distance between artificial and you know real consciousness kind of starting starting to thin in closing john what do you want to say about chat gpt and what do you want to say to our listeners Give them a little, wrap it up with string. <laughs> well, should we, before I forget, should we, should we mention that uh, your cousin wrote in and gave us some... Oh, yeah, that's from Henry. Henry wrote in. I sent it to you, did I? Yes. Yeah, thanks very much to Henry Schultz who sent in. We can maybe slot this in at some point. So Henry's uh, written to us and said... Write a conversation between Al and John where they discuss the film She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and both b- begin the conversation, which we discussed on a previous episode, I should say. Both begin the conversation with Pogga 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 Pesquil. Al loves it and finds She-Hulk to be a great role model, but John is a barrister and hates it. He finds it to be a grotesque place, a grotesque piece of cinema and an insult to the legal profession. The conversation gets heated, but they both end the conversation with a Will Smith joke. And the genius of ChatGPT says this, Al, Pogga Pogga Pasquil. Hang on, maybe I can, I, let's, let's do it. I'll, let's do the back oh yeah, and we forth. Can, should just we do let, the dialogue? Yeah, just let me bring it up and I'll do my yeah. bit. Pogga Pogga Pasquil. So John... I just saw She-Hulk, attorney at law, and huh. it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, what a what a great role model for young women. <laughs> poga poga <laughs> I'm afraid I disagree. Uh, as a ba- <laughs> as a barrister, I found it to be a grotesque piece of cinema and an insult to the legal profession. <laughs> Come on, you can't be serious. It's just. You can't be serious. It's just a fun movie. Well, fun or not, it doesn't accurately portray a lawyer. Yeah, I think it's important to have positive role models in the media. Mm, Positive role models don't have to be inaccurate. 
Well, I guess I'll just have to disagree. I suppose so. You know what they say, if you can't agree, Will Smith. (laughs) You got me there. Will Smith it is. (laughs) Now, some of you might have picked up that that (laughs) was written by a computer and we want to say real thanks to my cousin Henry. I must say, John, I did love the complexity of the Will Smith joke at the end where you (laughs) said, I suppose so. You know what they say, if you can't agree, Will Smith. That's a classic <laughs> gag. Yeah, yeah. Which is and shorthand said, for if you can't agree, just slap someone as hard as you can <laughs> in the face. So that's the future, everybody, and it's closer than you think. Mm. Uh, and I want to thank our new robot overlords for coming <laughs> to get us. Send us in some some prompts, some, G- some DPTM-related prompts during the week. We'd love to see them. I'm going to wrap the episode up right there. And instead of doing the extreme edit at the end of the episode, which will be back next week, guys, don't worry about it. Mm. But I think this is probably from, I'm going to play something that's probably from about, I think I made it before I left Australia. So you're talking over 12 years ago. So I made a little song for John for his birthday many, many years ago as a little (laughs) gift and I've always kept it. And so I'm going to play that as the outro for mm-hmm. the episode. Uh, and in true Al and John style, I pretended that the song was by a, a duo with stupid names. So I said that the duo was called Pem, Fred and Logan. And I, said, and it was, I think the song's called 12th and December, I think. <laughs> Oh, it's kind of depressing that the same stupid diction makes us laugh all these years later. And weird and coming sounds. Up, and coming up with stupid names. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let me... So that's. So we want to say, John, do you want to say anything to everybody? I want to say, Al, thank you very, very much for your birthday, love. And You're most welcome, my friend. Thank you, for the, thank you to the lovely people who contributed to the montage and thank you to everyone for listening this week and some of you um, I look forward to seeing as I continue to celebrate plunging headlong into my 40s. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome to the DPTM stage Pem, Fred and Logan with song 12th and December. Take it away, boys. (laughs) It's the 12th of December. A very special day We celebrate A special man In a birthday kind of way Talking about John Baloney The man grew from a boy And we all will join together Bring a birthday love and joy we remember all the good times And so many more to be had Good will always triumph over evil You don't need to be sad 
Open up your heart to new friends You can be the most popular man You can have a girlfriend probably Yes, I expect you can John Maloney, he's the one He's our lord and saviour He's a blend of smiles and caring And inappropriate behaviour Birthday John, it's alright Put your doubts aside The future is so bright and strong Let a woman inside Inside of your heart, inside of your soul Celebrate her love Give yourself to her, my darling Oh, It's your birthday, it's your birthday, it's your birthday, John John, 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 John John Maloney 12th of December It's your birthday, it's your birthday, it's your birthday today Never forget it as you grow a little older each day Growing up such a joy You're a man, not a boy Embrace yourself But be safe John Maloney